podcast about product management, user experience design, technology, and more. This is Product by Design. All right, welcome to another episode of Product by Design. I am Kyle Evans, and we are joined this week by another great guest, uh, Jochem Vanderveer. Welcome, Jochem, to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Welcome, uh, and I love to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. Awesome. Well, let me give a brief uh, bio for you, and then we'll have you uh, give us a little bit more information about yourself. Uh, Hilcom is co-founder of They Do, uh, a customer journey management solution for enterprises, and he's worked in CX and UX design for over 10 years. Um Super excited to have you, super excited to talk about some of uh, your experience and your company and the things that you have learned and are working on. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, your experience? All right. Yeah. So I've been working as a UX practitioner for for quite some time as a designer, um, but also touching CX, product management, working through most of the assignments and the projects I did. So I wasn't trained as a designer, but at some point I rolled into UX design, started at a small agency. Uh, And from there, I just fell in love with like figuring out what a user needs and turning that into a product people love. And I did that for many different clients while working at the agency. And at some point wanted to do my own thing. So started freelancing, but then met my now two co-founders, Martin and Charles. Martin is a strategist and and Charles is an engineer. And actually what took from a a little UX slash product slash CX workshop that we ran turned into like a SWAT team operating on a global level for Fortune 500 companies where we trained them a human-centered approach to product management, to customer experience management, bringing in design thinking, user-centered design from UX perspective, but also human-centered design, the principles that we we brought, like journey mapping, service blueprint, and ultimately helping these organizations to work across teams, across journeys, but always taking the customer, their end user, um, in the middle of everything. And (laughs) that led us to create a journey management solution because I can imagine we'll, we'll dig into a bit uh, of why that is today, but doing this at scale, managing journeys, the way you probably already manage products, it's extremely difficult, but it can be done and the results are amazing. So we've made it our mission to to build a company to to enable companies to do this at scale. Okay. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm really excited to jump in because I think there's some really interesting things that uh, you touched on there and I'd love to dive in more. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, anything that you like to do outside of, you know, the customer journey, the UX, the, the, uh, you know, some of the, the design things that, that we'll be talking about anything outside of the office that you enjoy doing. Oh, yeah, there's quite a few things. Well, let me start with my kids. I have two, a <laughs> third one coming. So, uh, yeah, I like being there with them in the moment. It's like the most amazing thing. And I mean, my wife and I are a great team. So, I'm building a company and it takes a lot of time and effort, but I'm also 
there for my kids and spending time with them. So that takes a big chunk of my time outside of work, but we are remote so I can combine the things, right? I'm just picking up my daughter from school in the middle of the day, take a few hours off, work in the evening. So it's very flexible. So that's really cool. That's one thing. Um, I do enjoy reading, but yeah, that's like reduced to like 30 minutes <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> so that's it. Um, and I'm a yoga practitioner myself. So Ashtanga yoga is like something I have a regular practice to keep my mind and my body synced. But uh, yeah, I'm also exploring the subtleties of the yoga practice and what it does to the to the mind body system. I'm uh, yeah, very intrigued with how that works and the benefits I get from it. Very nice. Okay. Well, congrats on third one on the way. That is, that is super exciting. And from what I understand, very, very life-changing uh, to go from two to three. Uh, I've always heard that that's like the shift in balance of power in, in like the family. We have two kids. And so like we, we haven't bridged that gap and, and probably won't bridge that gap. But my understanding is like, once you get outnumbered is things change dramatically. So, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to hear that from you, like (laughs) what happens there, but super exciting. So congrats on that. Um, awesome. Well, I want to dive into some of the things that you talked about and you touched on this a a little bit in your intro, but, you know, tell us more about, uh, your journey, you know, what brought you to, uh, starting your company, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, working with uh, companies, working on, you know, the the user mapping and the the customer experience and the design aspect and you know some of the consulting part of it and and other things that you talked about. But you know, what was your journey in getting into this, and then ultimately, you know, starting your own company? And you know, why don't you dive a little bit deeper for us in all of that? Yeah, uh, I think all great stories start with failure. <laughs> and uh, the, the situation was like years ago, I'm doing UX design work at the agency here in Amsterdam where I was working. We had an amazing project by Citizen M. We got to design their first e-commerce platform. So they had the hotels and the whole you know community around that and a beautiful vision. And I want to do e-commerce. So well, the agency did so take the project and I was a designer on the project. We built a beautiful interface. Even e-commerce standard was pretty high back then. This was like 10 years ago. But what I noticed was that the iterations we did were mainly like my creative director, giving me like very specific feedback because the project was high profile for the agency. And then the customer giving me a lot of feedback. And ultimately we shipped something that was like eh, kind of okay. You know, all the beautiful things were killing your darlings uh, all along the way. Fine. But the product stood and we thought like, okay, let's go. But it filled, it filled miserably. I don't think they even sold a thousand pieces of, of stuff. Why? Because they never asked like their customers, like, are you willing to buy? Like if we're going to launch a shop, would you enjoy buying our products? I mean, people would buy some products when at the hotel, like hey, that pineapple vase. I love that. Can I have it? But scaling this was another thing. And that led me to realize like, oh, this, this agency, what am I doing here? I mean, I'm designing like some pixels here and there, but I'm not making it. So I figured this is not the place for me get out of here and um, let's try something else. And I partnered up with, with Charles to do a little, you know, projects on our own. 
talking to customers, designing marketing websites, little applications and platforms, but by influencing the company based on what the customer needed to get the project done. And that was an amazing experience to do it the way that we thought it should be working. So that's what, what got really us started in figuring out, like, let's put the customer front and center in everything we do. Um, and that is the start of the journey that led us to, like, how can we scale this? How can we bring a customer's perspective into an organization, not on a project level, on a one-off project that is phenomenally designed and really addressing all the needs, but like do this systemically. And yeah, long story short, that got us into CX. And it's a good nuance because from where you are in the US, CX is or traditionally is seen as an add-on for customer support, right? That's where the customer experience is managed. But here in Europe, where I am, CX means like the holistic view of the customer experience. So when I talk about CX, that's actually what I mean. Um, and that was our vantage point. Like if you want to manage the customer experience end-to-end as one, especially in large organizations, how are you organizing and how are you currently doing that? And <laughs> down the rabbit hole turned out everyone was, you know, making a mess of it. It was all over the place. And it still is at some points. But uh, yeah, I think uh, we were taking a stab at fixing that. Wow. That's really interesting. Um, what have been some of the differences that you found between the U.S. and Europe as far as the approach to customer experience overall? Because I'm I'm interested in you know that view. I'm I'm sure that there's probably a lot of differences, but w- what are some that stand out? You mentioned obviously like the customer support versus the overarching experience, but w- you know what are some that stand out for you? So I think if I compare like the two markets from, from what I know, right, this is, this is me telling mm-hmm. don't take this as fact, but <laughs> what I've experienced myself is that us is a bit more transactional. It's more commercial in a sense. So it means like decisions happen faster. If there is good quality research based on what customer customers need, and there's data to support that claim, no one will object. Everyone goes like, yeah, customer centricity, no brainer. Let's do that. Let's go. Let's seal this. Let's it's fine. Uh, but it turns out that to do research right, to get the right insights, there's more to it than just reading you know, some reports or trusting a trusted source in that sense. And what I see in Europe is there's a little bit more deliberate practice around how to capture quality data, quality customer experience references, customer experience um, uh, research. And also figuring out what the priorities in the business are. And there is a little bit more, yeah, how how can I say that? Empathy for the customer to begin with, rather than, yeah, yeah, customer centricity is part of doing the transaction. So we should be deliberate about it. Here it is usually like, hey, let's let's really understand the customer first. Um, But that is changing. It is converging a bit more to, to being similar. But like five years ago, there was a bigger difference for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And hopefully there will be more of a convergence like that in the future. You know, I I think we talk about it a lot, but actually getting it into practice is where it becomes more difficult, but becomes much more important in really being able to understand what the overall customer experience is and what the customer journey is, which speaking of that, you know, we've talked about the, you know, this customer journey and journey management, but 
you know, what is ultimately the customer journey that, that you've been referring to and, and you, we've kind of been hinting at what is that and why is it so important to understand? So there's no one way to answer this, but I'll give you a framework to think about it. I think that's easier. So what a business is doing is basically creating value for its customers and having customers in the first place, because otherwise you're just no business, right? You're either a charity or maybe a government, but your business, you have customers and they're paying. So to make sure to keep paying, paying more and have more customers, you want to basically create a fantastic customer experience. And there's a nuance to it. Like customer experience doesn't mean like people need to feel good and have a wonderful feeling of satisfaction after they've transacted with you. Like the customer experience of Amazon is like quality, speed, and inventory. That is their customer experience. So for Apple, it's completely different. So if you take that as a reference, managing that for a customer is different across industries and across sectors. So looking at how to do this effectively, there are some principles and that's where the journey is coming. So how can you manage the customer experience as one and not have product have a version of what customer experience is and then sales have a version of what their customer experience is and support have a version of what customer experience is. But making sure that the entire organization knows like, this is what we stand for, this is what at stake for the customers, this is what we want to be known for and then execute towards these goals on all the different levels that requires some form of mutual alignment. And that is where the journey comes in because if you look at it from a product standpoint, yeah, product management will have an idea of what that is. If you look at it from a sales point of view, it's like it's all about the buyer persona and what they need. But looking at it from a customer journey perspective, you'll understand like, hey, what is the logical progression of events step-by-step that a, a customer type, a segment, a persona goes through when trying to do something, buy something, achieve their goals? And Getting a mortgage, for instance, can consist of 20 different tiny journeys seen through the lens of a bank, for instance, that together make up their customer experience. So having a journey-led organization allows you to have one common denominator for all teams to understand like, what is the customer's perspective, what are our priorities, and what are the systems, tools, processes we have in place to manage all this. But uh, it's not like there's one journey, like an end-to-end big visual that everyone you know links into and, and it's done. Hundreds of journeys are being managed in most companies today. And to have overview of those and to understand them, you need to create a common language around that. So managing through the lens of journeys requires a bit more <laughs> organizational change, but also um, tooling to support that to actually do the work on all the different levels in the organization. So that is what we mean with like using the journey and the customer journey can be hundreds of journeys stitched up into a framework or a model that everyone can say like, this is the source of truth, this is where my product, my features, my roadmap, my marketing campaigns, everything fits in. And that is what we mean with journey management. Yeah, I think that's, it's such a compelling way to think about it because as different teams within an organization, I think we're all thinking about that in various different ways, but then how does it all come together in a, not just a visual way, but like a comprehensive framework to think about, you know, what is it that we're doing and how do, how do all of these pieces fit together in, in a way that 
not just that we care about as the product team or the design team or the sales team or the marketing team, but in a way that our customers care about, because ultimately, you know, that's what matters the most is how are they thinking about each of these steps in their process, like in how they're going through either the purchasing process or the use of the product or, you know, the things that they care about, because, you know, we think about it from our side within a company, but ultimately they're the ones who are, are, are buying and using our products and, and, and that's who matter the most. So with that in mind, you know, you've created a, a, a product basically that helps with that. Can you, can you tell us more about, you know, how we can, well, stepping back a little bit, effectively creating or understanding the, the user journeys. And you mentioned tools to do that. And, you know, this is part of the problem that you're solving is creating a tool to help us with that. Walk us through kind of the, the, uh, the, how we can effectively create these journeys and the fact that, you know, you've, you've helped to solve one of these problems in creating a tool that really facilitates the everybody coming together to really understand, you know, the both like the overarching journey, but all of the journeys within a customer's experience. Yeah. So talking about the roles we have, I mean, when you are product manager, you work in product management, right? So you have a lot of stakeholders to manage. You have a lot of priorities and you want to like ship the things you committed to in time and on spec, but the user experience designers, they want to like endlessly figure out what the customer needs next and make sure that the products they design are actually delivering value for those needs or meeting those needs. And therefore you have a lot of different perspectives and there's a lot of other roles here. So mapping out the journey, that's, that's a common practice. Everyone does that and in different ways and in different shapes. Uh, but mapping is not really the end game. I mean, if it was like creating all these beautiful maps that fit together, like we'd be spending a bunch of time there and then we're done. It's all about managing through the lens of journeys. And I think that's a big shift in the mindset of a team. If we can create a shared understanding of what the journey is today, and we're going to get to work, then the journey will change because the new features we ship, because of the new communication we built because of the new email flow that went live because of the new data capture we put in place to even measure if we're successful right a journey and therefore all journeys are constantly being changed and let alone that the customer or people in general change perspectives they change their habits they want to do different things they want to move different um problems around or kick different goals around so we need to have like this constant dance between what the customer needs, what the business wants, and to manage all that. So trying that on a product level is hard, but trying that on a journey level is harder, but more rewarding if you can get it done. Because then all of a sudden your product, your marketing, your sales, your designs, everything will start to be in sync rather than to be project-based, one-offs, fighting for resources, spinning up the solution, hacking your process, you know, circumventing your roadmap, uh, backstabbing stakeholders, <laughs> all that stuff. It, it goes out of the way because you don't need that anymore because you have agreed on a common language. Everyone can speak rather than 
product folks speak product and engineering folks speak code and designers are just busy with their UX repository, whatever, right? That's not the point. And that's what we see uh, a lot of teams do at first is like create all these maps and make all these versions of maps and figure out like the right paths of the users and what is everything that they might go through and therefore will go through and therefore we need to design and take into account. But the point really is like, get it at the right level of abstraction that it is good enough to mimic reality, but flexible enough to grow as you change and build new things and ship new awesome stuff to your customers. Right. Um, no, that, that makes a lot of sense in creating a common language across all of these different groups, because that can be a huge hurdle that I think I found in, and you've obviously probably seen in, you know, talking with, you know, the engineering team and the sales team and the marketing team is everybody is pulling in a lot of these different directions within an organization for what you know, what we're doing or what, you know, this other department do, is doing. And sometimes that can feel like it is uh, lots of different directions. But if we can find a way to unify the way that we're speaking and the things that we're focused on into not just a common language, but like a common direction and a common way of thinking, then we can all start uh, pulling hopefully we're pulling in the same direction, but I'll start doing it in a similar way and thinking about it in uh, a similar way, which hopefully is, is the customer's way and, and the customer direction. And, and you found obviously that a, a customer journey and, a, and a, a customer experience focus is a really useful tool for that. So as we kind of dive a little bit deeper, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, how you have helped, um, you know, companies and, and as companies have kind of come in and used, they do specifically, but as they've used customer journeys generally, what have been some of your experiences as you've both helped companies and seen companies uh, use this framework and use this mindset, you know, shifting their approach as we've kind of been talking about, what have been some of the changes that you've seen uh, from, from your perspective and, and as you've you know, kind of created this tool and created this new way of approaching it? Um, in large organizations, there is a ton of work that is already done on this. This is not new, right? You don't yeah. start from scratch. So the first thing, and, and that was actually like the first thing we need the teams to, to do, not even with, with the product that we build and, and, and ship today, but more like in general, like consolidating this and figuring out like, do we have a base? Like what is our data? What is new? What is actual? What is current? What can we use? It's like, like cleaning your room. Like that's the first thing you need to do. Okay, so what do we actually are left with then? Okay, so there's a bunch of journeys mapped out. Some maybe like super high level, big picture, not relevant. Some very tiny detailed user flows that are you know, maybe depicting only the onboarding experience for a subset of your users that did this six months ago. Okay, so what do we have left? That is the place to start. But then thinking about like, what is the end goal for, for us? Like, what is the, the framework that, we're, that we can all work in? That is one of the big chunks that need to happen first. Like, how does it all fit together? You don't need to have all the answers, but at least the directionally right answer to where we want to go. 
For most, it's like, hey, let's just use the customer lifecycle and start breaking that up into chapters, breaking those chapters up into bits and pieces, and then layering on the journeys we have and see like, hey, where do we have knowledge? Where do we have data? Where do we have uh, ideas? But I think that structure, that is that is an exercise that, that most UX folks can do or design people can do, or even product managers can do. I mean, having a basic understanding of what the users are doing in the product with the product why they buy the product laying that a lot that's not rocket science but you need to like spend some time to to structure that okay so once you have that and we've seen teams do this very very quickly but also successfully set that base okay then you can get to work and one of the other things that we found especially useful is the journey is just basically your reference point that's where the Customer data flows into. That's where the insights, qualitative insights from the research gets structured into. And it takes into account, like, what are the existing features we have? What are the processes we have to support these journeys? So building that inside a single journey gives you a place to start. But to work with the journey, it can be like, okay, so this journey is too long to influence altogether. But it has a few opportunities. And I think, we'll come back to opportunities, what we've seen very useful is taking it one step up. I mean, everyone is busy focusing on getting the outcomes for mm-hmm. the customer, for the business, right? Some even work with OKRs or OGSMs as the standard practice to define goals and to then assign work to everyone and understand what we're going to do next and know why. But usually these goals are revenue-driven, conversion rate-driven, traffic, like very transactional or even measurable, which is good. But it can also be misleading because then you're like, okay, so we need to increase conversion with X. Okay, so here's 20 different solutions that might move the needle. Let's pick three. Let's do a few experiments. Okay, this one is best. Let's you know ship it as a, as a core feature of the product. Um, that's a way of doing it. You can also go back and say like, okay, so what, if this is the goal, what opportunities have we found already based on all the insights, all the data, all the journeys we had, that could actually move the needle. So you're thinking in opportunities first and you start to prioritize these from all different journeys and from all different teams in one place against those goals. And by doing that, you allow your uh, teams to think in customer needs first because opportunities are basically like customer problems translated into something that you as a business can actually do. So it's basically... Uh, an opportunity for the business, but solving a customer problem. And if you then have a prioritized list of those, then you can look into, okay, so what do we have on our roadmaps that already fit into solving this? What are the new ideas, experiments we're going to bring? And this is obviously a little bit more messy than just pulling things from a list, (laughs) but like this is the creative process. But prioritizing opportunities first and then figuring out solutions, I mean, I don't know if you know Theresa Torres with her opportunity solution tree framework. I mean, that's a useful way of thinking. Top of that would be setting the company goals, but the opportunities need to be linked to something because otherwise they're just, again, a vantage point of a team creating those. But what I've seen be magical to do this at scale is if those opportunities find their base in the journeys that they originate from. Because then you always have a reference. like, Okay, so this is a great opportunity. We all think this is important. We all want to work on this opportunity. And we have a bunch of solutions that are either validated or we're experimenting with and we're excited about this. 
But the reason we are is that it will impact like six different journeys in all these different places. And it crosses teams. It crosses, you know, many different ways for the business to be successful. And therefore, we want to focus on that. And that's a whole different idea than, yeah, we have an opportunity because it ties to our OKR. And it's still trusting only based on the internal focus and the perspective people have. And you're never sure if that's fitting into the entire customer experience. So those two things, having that framework, structuring all those journeys in one place, that's where we started. But then having a way to capture opportunities from all these different journeys and be able to prioritize on that level before you go into solution experiments, solution design, and solution discovery, even if you want, um, that is a very useful step to, to even make stakeholder management up and down the org chart very easy because you will have an unbiased perspective saying, this is the opportunity and this is another opportunity. And how can we actually, you know, sift through this and say, these are the ones we're going to fund and put resources towards. Okay. I, I want to, there's a couple of things I want to dive into with that. Cause I think this is, this is really good. So what makes a useful and good customer journey and, and, I want to kind of dive into a couple of things that you've added on there, like, um, you know, as we start to build it out, but high level, like what makes a good one versus a less useful one first off? A good one takes into account all the steps necessary a customer does. And and I assume like, you know, who your customer is and, you know, you understand like who is actually having this journey, but let, let that be one of the, the points I'll leave to to your audience to figure out that you know who your customer is that is having this journey in the first place, or maybe there's multiple customers, different like personas or different states of mind that they go through in this journey. But what you want to know is like, and this is my preferred way. This is not the way, but this is my preferred way. What you want to know is that a customer can go through this journey almost like in one go. So back to my earlier point, like getting a mortgage, there's like a lot of different small journeys that I need to go through to get that mortgage. I don't do that in one go. I don't go and sit down and say, I'm going to get a mortgage. And then 10 minutes later, I have one. That's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, but like onboarding to your product, your software product, I can do that in one go. Probably if you have a good product, I can go log in, create an account and you know do the things necessary to get some value and figure out if this is for me. Okay, so. There you have your journey. So defining the, the beginning and the end in this way is very useful. You also have the other way where people say, like, I have an end-to-end team that supports this journey from different disciplines that can influence the journey in altogether. But there's like a little bit of gaps between what the customer does here and then some time goes and then he continues or she continues. But this is my way of liking to define it. So once you have that like beginning and end, you also want to know like what success means, like how many people start, how many people end, and if they succeed in reaching the end. What do you want them to achieve, accomplish, experience, feel? So those are a few of the things that you need to have in place for you to understand like what this journey is about. So if you have that and understand the different steps, then you know, okay, where do I need to get the data from to put in that journey? And that is a hand-in-hand process because to understand what steps the customer goes through, you need to talk to them, you need to understand their perspective, and you need to capture the data that your digital touch points are capturing about your customer, right? So those go into crafting that journey. And once that is in place, you can then start looking into like, okay, what are we as a business actually doing to get the user to achieve this uh, success or get to the end of the journey? 
And it can be that your product is a tiny part of that journey, but this is the, the customer journey that a customer goes through. And to make it to the end, they need your product or your service or your solution. So it t- totally depends on the situation. So that is a way to define it. I don't know. Let me stop there because you had some more questions. Yeah. This, this is where, where I think you can define them. Yeah. No, th- th- I, that's super, super helpful in thinking about what a journey is, either you know, a, a longer one or a short piece of one or, you know, how to kind of define it and you know, what a successful one is. And then bringing in some of the qualitative information and quantitative information in understanding, you know, what a user is going through and, and how that is either successful or less successful for them. So, you know, once we've kind of defined what that journey is, whether it's, you know, a piece of, of, of a product or the product or, or whatever it is, you know, what can we then do, uh, with that? So now I've got my, my customer journey and you, you were kind of touching on this, um, in what we were talking about. And I want to kind of zoom in on that as far as like defining some of the opportunities now. So now we have, we have our journey and we can start to look at all of the pieces that, we can start to impact from the opportunities to the the solutions and, and other things. So once we know that, how can we then take that and start defining what the opportunities are and, and other things that we can start to affect with it? Yeah, I love that question. Um, I see two ways of, of doing that being successful. <laughs> the first one would be, what are you looking for? I mean, you have a business and your business has goals. So looking through the lens of what your your business needs are, what your project goal is, or what you're trying to move for the business is a useful way to look for opportunities because you will notice different things in the journey. Um, that is one way of doing it. So if your aim is to improve a certain metric or influence conversion, like we had in the previous example, yeah, looking through the lens for opportunities in that journey is a useful place to start. The best way to do this is to be like, forget about the goals. It's all about understanding what the customer experience is. And of course, you are a business and you have a certain solution and you have a certain mission and you want to bring something to the world or help customers enable X, Y, Z. Using that as the bigger theme, like, okay, how can we make the customer experience better? Again, Amazon quality speed uh, inventory. So they look for different things in their journeys than maybe an Apple does where different things are important. But if you can define them without the goals, then you have a bunch of opportunities probably laid out up for grabs. And whenever they are relevant, again, then is defined by what your goals are. So there's there's basically two ways you can do that. And the the former is probably more project-driven and the latter would be more like a continuous discovery process where you're always looking for new opportunities, grooming, gathering data, making them bigger, smaller, reprioritizing them. Yeah. And I guess taking that concept and kind of applying it to what you were talking about, the benefit of having these journeys and having tooling that goes with it is then you can also take the opportunities or solutions that you're coming up with and look across all of the different journeys because uh, now it's not such a siloed thing, but now you have the journeys across multiple different customer journeys, or you have the solutions that you're thinking about across, you know, maybe an onboarding experience uh, in one place and maybe 
you know, another customer journey in another area. And you can start to aggregate some of these things and think about them more holistically because it's not just about a single experience or a single journey. It's now what is the whole experience and you can start to bring these things together. Is that, you know, kind of what you you were talking about and, and part of the benefit of, you know, having all of these journeys and having kind of the tools that, that support everything uh, together. Yeah, let's geek out a bit on, on this. I, I'm fascinated by this topic and I think we have, you know, some stuff to create, but the vision is like you explained. And I think that is phenomenal if we can get it to work. How many times have you seen a product feature getting shipped that was designed right, solving the right problem um, for the right customer and it was approved and okay, and it was like, it was a perfect ride for everyone. And then it was launched. And then, you know, customer satisfaction didn't improve. NPS wasn't improved. Maybe, you know, conversion wasn't improved. Why is that? And in large organizations, often it is because there's also a lot of other stuff <laughs> being launched all the time, <laughs> influencing the same things and, you know, part of the same customer experience. So, if you can break it down and because everything in, in, in journey management is linked to the journeys and your opportunities and your insights and your data. And therefore, if you then implement something new or bring something new to the market that was linked and referenced back is where the is coming from and the exactly what moved the needle for your customer experience. You know exactly what improved satisfaction at some point in time. Because again, you now have built a system of record that can help you to not only make the decisions, but also travel back in time. So like, hey, this was actually what led to improve that, not that. And having that in place is super powerful because if you run it for a while, then you will get valuable insights saying like, okay, so this is actually the things that make the customer satisfaction go up. Or these are the things that move the customer experience to the next level and people are like raving about us because of X, Y, Z. And being mindful and deliberate about that, that is what everyone wants to do. But because we're so busy in our day-to-day -day and we don't have systems to do this at scale, the best we can do is just ship, track one metric, see if it moved, and then if it did, account it for our team, take the win and move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, it, if it turns out to be successful. That's right. And if not, then it was... A complicated it was everyone else factors, fault, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were so many things influencing yep. this, and yep. like, yeah, but we try again. We failed. We learned. It's like, no, there's a reason why you failed. But if you don't know why, then yeah, it's very hard to do it better next time. Yeah, yeah, I to totally get that. <laughs> it, it's really interesting because I feel like uh, even as we are thinking about these journeys everywhere, it, it's fascinating because. I, w I was doing this exact thing this morning um, without even really realizing it until we were just, until we we're just talking about it now um, going through like a, a customer journey basically. And I, I was literally like taking screenshots of, of this, of this process and like creating some uh, gifts of like where some problems were and then like making some notes about it and then realizing like, Hey, this is, this is a customer journey. And this is like start to finish, like where some of the, the problems are and you know, where some of the things that we can, we can change. And then in the context of, uh, you know, I, I've, I've started playing with 
um, your with they do, which is is your product and and uh, the company that you founded, which is as a product person, just something that I, I've I've super enjoyed starting. I haven't I haven't like dove deep into it, but it's it's one of those things that it's like this is a this is something that I I didn't realize I needed, but oh my gosh, I'm doing these things all the time, and I'm doing them in so many different places that if I could pull all of this together in a much more meaningful way, then I feel like I could stop doing it haphazardly and I could really start to get better insights in, in a way that we just haven't ever done before. And it was like one of those aha moments for me is like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this all the time. And it's probably only me who is seeing some of these things and everybody's probably doing the same thing. So I want to just pose that out there because I'm probably not the only one with that experience of like, you know, taking screenshots, putting together like kind of a haphazard journey and then talking about it with, you know, a UX designer and then, you know, doing, you know, we, we do something, but we don't get the benefit of start to finish, you know, what's this user journey and then, you know, pulling in the right people and, and seeing the opportunities that are there. So that's, that's just kind of a broad open-ended thing, but what have you seen as, as, you know, people start to kind of wrap their heads around, you know, this idea of, Hey, we're doing these things, but we're not doing them well. And we could do them a lot better. Um, what have you seen with that? Well, then you go just like you down the rabbit hole. You're like, ah, oh, okay. Now I can see also what happens if this all goes away, right? If I don't have to do this over and over again, but I can just, you know, take like three screenshots of the specific part that I know is wrong, tie it back to the journey so that the team can roll it up into the work they're already doing and use those as insights to continue the work. And I am confident that there will be a place where the little things that I've found get used to make our product experience in this case better a lot of peace of mind so if that goes away and you can do this at scale and there's already like a base and you don't need to think about recreating journey by journey because that is tying it to to your question that takes a lot of mind space like sitting in your customer's mind and like what is the step she takes first what is the thing she'll do next we should not be busy with that i mean at some point our data can inform what are the events that are sequenced in, in this uh, way. So this is like the journey. Then we do a bunch of research to talk to customers to, to map it out further. But once we know, you don't need to bother about the structure of the journey anymore. It's all about thinking, how can we improve this? And if this is more important than that, what journeys are we actually talking about? And having that system, yeah, it saves you like days of work every week if you can do this at scale. But what, we, what we've seen, and that is, that is, I think, one of the most powerful things, like you mentioned, everyone is trying to do this. Everyone who's, who's busy with the user, with the customer, is doing, even in their minds, doing this all the time. Like, where does this fit in? Where does this piece fit in? Oh, I heard this part of the, the user experience was bad. Oh, yeah, this ties into that. Where did I capture that? Was it in UX repository? Was it in Notion? Maybe it's in Myra. Ah, I'll just email the designer, maybe he knows. And that that cannot be the case, right? And and we have so much quality time with customers now with all the digital technologies. Like 
up on a Zoom call, talk to them. We have all these data capture tools. We have all these valuable insights. We have support channels where people love to chat about what their problems are, report bugs. I mean, the stream of insights is infinite, but capturing that, structuring that, um, yeah, going beyond just the list of features with, with some feature requests, that is, I think, the big aha moment that we see people like, okay, now we're serious about journey management. And I mean, this is this is happening at, Cisco, this is happening at IBM, this is happening at Atlassian. I mean, everyone is figuring out like a proper way to do journey management. It's not like starting up with the design lab orgs. It's like also serious product companies are reconsidering journey management to be the way that they can communicate and align faster. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes a ton of sense. And it it's one of those things where I think of, you know, one, how much time I spend on it, how much time everybody else must be spending on it. And then the fact that, it's one of those things that once I do it, uh, there's a good chance nobody else will know about it because it will just be for me. And then, you know, somebody else will go through the same thing. If I don't get it uh, in a place that is, you know, easily accessible to everybody, you know, it's it's in a system for this type of thing, then somebody will have to go through the, like the same process of going through everything and, you know, understanding the the quantitative process and like maybe pulling in data to understand it and then basically walking through all of the same steps over and over again and everybody doing the same thing to to get to the same understanding or you know reaching out to me you know in six months and being like hey you know you know what's what's this process like and me being like uh man i i don't know i'll have to i'll have to dig through my notes and like figure out like what it was but this is like i don't know it was just one of those like, oh man, I do this all the time without realizing it. And it, there's got to be a better way. And in fact, there is there is a better way. And I just need to like start doing it in a better way, which is like one of those moments of like, I, I, I wish I wish somebody would fix this for me. It's like, oh wait, there are people fixing this. I just need to like fix fix it for myself and stop like stop being quite so dumb about it and just like do it in a better way. So that was, that was one of those moments. It's like, Hey, that I can do this better. We can do this better. Um, so anyway, that just hit me. I love that. Yeah. And it was just this morning. I literally was like pulling screenshots and like walking, like pulled up the very, very start of the process and was like doing all of it. And was like, wait a second, this is, this is a customer journey that I'm walking through from start to finish. So, um, you know, we talk, a lot about, you know, the, the quantitative and qualitative, and we're talking about that here as well, and especially balancing. So, you know, bringing in some of the data, but also talking with customers, talking with users. How have you found that balance between understanding the specific experience that they're going through, but also looking at the data and understanding, you know, how many users are doing things and, and the percent and all of those types of things? What, what, what's the right balance and, and what have you seen in that regard? And to do this right, there's a lot of ways you can think about this. As a UX designer, back in the days, I was like, my favorite thing was talking to customers, talking to people. Like, how do you do things? What is your aim with this? How have you solved this? What are you currently doing? How are you trying to, you know, scratch your itch? Walk me through some of the things you did. Tell me about that. I love that. But that is like the qualitative aspect of, of research. Then you have the fact-based part where you can actually, you know, look at how many people actually did X in your product experience. So 
making that balance is always figuring out the right level of detail, depending on the scope of the project you have. So there's no right or wrong there. But what I found very useful is to think about um, double or triple diamond. I don't know if, if, if that is something that you're familiar with, like the design thinking process, the diverging first, like okay. figuring out what the problem is and then converging and figuring out like this is the actual problem that we're going after, right? The opportunity. But doing that in three stages, right? Problem discovery, solution discovery, solution delivery. Those are like the, the three stages that you go through. And what I see is that it really depends on how much time you spend on each, how successful you are. So if you have no base, if you really start to figure out everything from scratch for every project, I mean, that's obviously not the right way to do this, but a lot of teams do that. And yeah, then you need to start a lot or spend a lot of time in, in um, problem discovery, right? Doing research, pulling data, creating dashboards, overviews, mapping out journeys again, like figuring out what's what. But if you're good at having a system of record, like what we see with journey management, you tend to spend less and less time in the problem discovery space because you have a base where insights flow in and you have a way of capturing opportunities. So still you spend a ton of time, but not so much as before. And what I really love is then you can go into the solution discovery space. And that's, I think, the most useful ones because then you're testing things, assumptions, validating your experiments with real people, with customers. Like, will this work? Are you willing to pay for this? Will you use it? Or, you know, putting it live if you have the resources and then figuring out if people are using it on a small scale. Like, but looping that back to your original opportunity that is tied to your journeys and making sure that everyone in the process is in the know so that, like you mentioned, not people are going to reinvent the wheel at five different places in your organization at the same time based on the same insight or the opportunity that they're after. I think that's very valuable. So connecting the dots there is an amazing way that I've seen um, or that I find very useful to do. And then the solution delivery to split that entirely from the first two diamonds is also very useful. I mean, once you have a validated solution, it's still directionally right, but maybe not um, designed complete. Then it goes to a product team. So like, what are we going to do with that? How can we tie this into the core of our offering? And that's where the magic of an empowered product team comes in. But maybe that's a topic for, for another discussion. <laughs> not like, yeah, I think like if you have feature teams, don't do this like this. But if you have empowered product teams that can take you know, a validated experiment to the next level, then this is my preferred way of thinking about this. Okay. Um, that <laughs> I would love to dive into that topic and, and we may have to, we may have to do a whole podcast on empowered product teams and customer journeys, because I feel like that is, that's a great topic, but I, I feel like we've had a, a really great discussion about this. Uh, but is there any, Anything else, like any final thoughts that you have um, about what we've talked about or anything that we did that we didn't talk about, you know, regarding customer journeys or, um, you know, the the customer experience and all of these processes? Yeah. So maybe the, the, the way to also talk a little bit to my, my younger self being like working like head first or head down in UX and really trying to take the perspective of the user and figuring out the best solutions. Like in most organizations or in some organizations, this is seen as a tiny part of the, you know, the machine that is running. And in some ways it is, but 
as a user experience designer, you have the power to bring this front and center. I mean, you're probably, if you're starting up shop like journey management, the first and the best people to bring in the customer's perspective. But if you're going to keep it to yourself, you're going to have like a beautiful repository where like, yeah, and you're the master of your insights and you're going to fuel some teams with that. That's not going to scale. So your job, and I'm saying this to my younger self, <laughs> but your job is to like start bringing all people together around your customer and bringing it up front and don't be afraid of it. I mean, if you have the data and if you have an assumption that you can validate it, you can test and you can rally the troops around that. I think that's so powerful. And in a lot of organizations, we're just seen as the designers like trying to figure out stuff, but team up with a product manager. I mean, like you, and then try to figure it out together and then not be so much worried about if you're right or wrong, big or small, but like getting started with this and starting to build a central system of record where you can start working from, I think, yeah, UX has the power to transform an organization from within, even though journeys are seen as the domain of, you know, service design or experience design, or maybe like the um, uh, CX folks in the organization. That is not true. Yeah. Well, that is, I think that is absolutely great and absolutely agree uh, 100%. So uh, this has been a, a, an amazing conversation. I feel like we could keep going so deep on so many of these topics, but I really, really appreciate uh, the the insight and the conversation. Um, I do have two kind of final wrap-up questions, but before we get to those to, to kind of close it out, where can people find out more about uh, you, what you're working on, and your company? So company is datu.io. You can, and, and, you know, we love you to check it out. So we have free plans. You can just start, do a few things. We'll guide you in the, in the product. Uh, but if you're serious about setting up journey management for our organization, where we talked about is find me on LinkedIn. I mean, it's my full name, Jochen van der Veer. Uh, I'm sure you will link in the show notes yep. to it. Send me a DM. I mean, I'm pretty approachable and I just want to learn from how this goes in your organization and help you get started and even connect you to our team, whatever works, but I'm curious and I'm always open to people that are serious about this and helping them any way I can. So just DM me on LinkedIn. I think that's the easiest way to, to connect with me. Awesome. Well, yeah, we will put all those links in the show notes uh, so you can check that out. That is great. All right. Um, last two questions to kind of wrap things up. So you mentioned at the very beginning, having not quite as much time to read as you would like, but have you read or watched or listened to anything recently that you have found particularly interesting? Yeah, I have, um, read, and I think the title is 4,000 weeks from Oliver Berkman. I think if I get that right, maybe you can correct me. That's not right, but I think it was around that. And it's about time management as a uh, concept that you know i'm a i'm a ceo today and i need to run a company and i also have kids and everything so like <laughs> getting things done was my useful way of doing it like the the, the methodology to you know organize my to-dos capture them and have a system like week in week over week i don't know if you're familiar with the, the methodology but you know it gives me headaches and stress and all that stuff and then i read four thousand weeks and give me a slightly different perspective on how to manage my time and I've actually changed the way I organize and um, it gives me a lot of peace. So that's a very good read. I recommend to 
anyone that is just like me, like trying to <laughs> systems and time and everything. But you know, yoga surely helps. But I'm now a little bit more relaxed. So it's okay. good. nice. I, I actually just put that on my reading list yesterday. So I I, I got that one uh, onto my list. I, I think I'm pretty sure I I downloaded the book yesterday. So I've got it on there. I'll have to I'll have to bump it up to the top and give it a read because I was thinking that exact same thing. So. Good. We'll put that, we'll put the link in the notes as well. So people can check that one out. All right. Um, last question uh, for a, a shout out or gripe. If, if you've used any products recently that you have enjoyed or maybe have not enjoyed as much. Yeah. So let's do one that I have not enjoyed so much. Yeah. I was like, oh, the remarkable, the remarkable tool. Mm. And I did the Panatel. Do you know that one? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So my wife got it as a as a present for me and mm -hmm. i was like yeah this is going to be i love writing yeah like in any typing writing on paper whatever so yeah. i'm always writing stuff down making little notes for myself so uh, this is going to be it but um it turned out it's not so useful and i'm back to pen and paper for my like scribbles i just i don't like it for some reason i can't put my uh wrap my head around why that is but yeah that's that's a thing i don't enjoy Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I was at a conference recently and uh, somebody had one and they really, they, they were really enjoying it. So, uh, interesting. You, you didn't find it quite as useful. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm working from, you know, we're remote. So I'm working from yep. my home office all the time. And when I meet with people, yeah, I can type whatever yep. they say, or, you know, have some transcriber do it for me. And the, the pleasure of writing while meeting people is, you know, limited to meeting with family where I don't write what they say, but I actually yep. talk to them. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. Well, that, that's good to know. Awesome. Well, this has been an absolutely great conversation. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, Joachim and I, I apologize. I'm, I'm trying on the name uh, again, but <laughs> love it. Love, love the product and, and love the insights. So we will put again, all the links in the show notes. So thank you again for, for, uh, for all of that. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, it has. And thanks for digging in. I mean, it was a ton of fun and sharing some of the stuff that I learned along the way. So thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll talk again next time. Thanks again for listening. If you like the show, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on Twitter at prod by design. That's prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter as well. If you want more product conversation, check out my newsletter product thinking at productthinking.cc. You can follow me on Medium at Kaya Larry Evans as well, or check out my Medium publication, uh, Product by Design. Thanks again.